Welcome to Dead House. I am Dylan. I am Nathan. And we're recording just a little while after we did the Halloween episode. This is what, four days later. So Four days? What three could days, possibly happen days. in that four days? Surprisingly, more than happened yeah. in the week previously. There's actually been a bit. It's been a, a wild past few days. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what have you been up to? Uh, well, going back off last episode, mm. we are talking about the Goosebumps. I did watch the first episode. Say Ooh, cheese and die. Okay, what's the verdict? Uh, it's fine. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, okay. That's fine. I don't know. If if you look at it in a way that's not the Goosebumps books, mm. I imagine it's probably pretty good. Yeah, okay, I feel like okay. it, it, it's going to do a job like to introduce like the new audience of like the Gen Zs and shit into it. Uh, okay. So like a uh, lot of smartphones and... Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Generational uh, slang. Very woke cast, one would say, which is yeah. not necessarily a bad thing, but you know. Okay. Um, okay. Were there any recognizable actors? Oh, yeah, Justin Long. He, oh, it a, actually was yeah, Justin Long? it actually Long? is Justin oh, okay. Long. Because I remember Long, we it? thought it looked like him. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, one of the characters looked familiar, but I didn't look up what he was in, so I don't remember. Okay. Um, okay. But I'm kind of torn because obviously first episode, Say Cheese and Die, favorite mm. Goosebumps. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of annoyed that that was the first episode because they have to obviously set up a whole show in mm. the first episode. So I feel like there wasn't enough that was for the Say Cheese and Die camera. Did you only watch one episode? Yeah. Because I was going to ask you, is it like the same characters in each of these it, scenarios? It is. I believe oh, interesting. Yeah, I think it's like this this overarching story. Yeah, that just, okay. Like, it, it's got its own separate story, but then it just takes elements mm. and introduces it into the story. Okay. So, Which is kind of good, because it's not like an anthology. It's not like a, right, here's this story, now this story. It's, yeah. It's, it's a continuous thing, and mm. it's like, hey, let's just draw inspiration from Goosebumps and put it into here. Yeah, I, I kind of like that. I mean... It's like the the books always have the same like backbone of structure. Like it's always like two kids. One will be like twelve. The younger sibling's ten. They move into a new neighborhood or something. Like it's always the same structure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I like that concept. I can see how it works. So you reckon you know take or leave it? Oh yeah, take or leave it. I think it's fine. You okay. Know, it's okay. Maybe worth a watch if you like Goosebumps enough. I might get a like free trial of Disney Plus, and if I like it enough, I'll probably just get the subscription anyway because I want to watch The Simpsons. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, you know what I watched? What did you watch? The Exorcist Believer. Oh, you did go see that, yeah. Did you? So I went and saw that Friday night with Pace, a friend of mine who has his own pod and uh, is a listener of this one. Uh, it's not great. <laughs> okay, well, I was. You can probably see that coming, but uh, yeah, look, I tried to go into it without any preconceptions. I wanted to go in relatively blind. Like, I'd seen the trailer, I knew um, Alan Burstyn was back in it as Chris McNeil, as like mm-hmm. a mentor kind of character. But you'd probably heard some of some of the reviews and some of the yeah, people's thoughts on it. Yeah, and I, I wanted to like take that with a grain of salt and um, just try and go in open minded. Um, but yeah, we spent like an hour after the movie in the car park just talking about how we don't know why anything happened. <laughs> okay, Like right. nothing was explained. So it's an enjoyable enough possession film if you don't liken it to the original in like any way outside of the fact that it's got Chris in it again. Right. Um, and you don't ask any questions. Well, I mean, it's, it's setting up a trilogy, right? So maybe they're trying to do like, a, oh, the first one's yeah. very mysterious. A lot of stuff just happens. And then in the next two movies, they'll come back and be like, this is the backstory. This mm. is why this is happening. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know if they're going to like expand a lot of the stuff that was touched on in this, but there were like too many characters. Like we walked out of the cinema and he was like, what did you think? And I was like, oh, 
there were some bits I liked, but some I didn't. And I said, what do you think? And he's like, oh, I fucking hated it. <laughs> he's like, do you remember anyone's name? And I was like, no, I don't yeah, actually. Okay, right. So it's... So because the, the main crit- obviously I haven't seen it, yeah. But the main criticism I've heard is that it just doesn't take any risks at all. No, and I mean it's a lot of the same like shock value scares that the Exorcist had, but CGI. Oh god! So they're not new scares, but they're paying homage to the original, but nowhere near as good. Like what's what's the point? I mean, I don't want to say I told you so, but I I know I had a feeling that this would happen. I know. I There's- try to take page out of your book and like go in without <laughs> expectations, but. Well, that only works if then it actually turns out to be a good movie. <laughs> yeah, and when it's when it's like a sequel to one of my favorite films, then it's like inevitable that I will go in with some sort of standard. Yeah, they need uh, to just stop mind. doing it. And I mean, I, it it was David Gordon Green, and I watched the 2018 Halloween uh, mm-hmm. after watching you know the original one. I'm gonna watch that that trilogy uh, leading up to, to Halloween, and um, I there were, there were like more things in that that I noticed this time watching it. Like it was probably my fourth time watching this one that were like homages to the original or even just that series in general. Like there was one point in that that I don't think I noticed before where there's like kids walking up and down the street trick-or-treating and they're wearing like the three masks from Season of the Witch. Oh, yeah. Nice. And I was like, oh, that's a nice touch because you only see them for like five seconds and never they're, again. They're not the same kids that are in the second movie, are they? Like the second of the new trilogy? The ones that get like killed? Uh, maybe, Top actually. Okay. Maybe, yeah. Um... Yeah, and like the things like getting stabbed to the wall, like the boyfriend stabbed mm-hmm, the wall, mm-hmm. like he did that, and um, you know the the sheet with the eye holes, like that yep. was put on the corpse again. So a lot of those things, I was like, oh yeah, so he's kind of just doing what he did with Halloween in this Exorcist <laughs> film, but with CGI, which right. was disappointing. But off the back of that, um, I remember that you said like one of the things you didn't like so much about the '78 Halloween was the lack of blood. Yep. I think that's what 2018 did well. It was like delivered oh, yeah, on the door. It was hella gory. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of. It's main draw, really. I think my favourite was um, when he makes, like, the jack-o'-lantern out of the cop's head <laughs> and sticks, like, the fucking flashlight up his neck. Yeah. That yeah. was sick. But uh, I also found out that, Dave, speaking of David Gordon Green, mm. there's, like, a Hellraiser TV show in the works, like, in development. So that's oh going to be, be coming out, I don't know, if it's next year or the year after, whenever the, fuck, the strikes end and shit like that. Is it David Gordon Green? He, I think he's... Going to be directing some of the episodes. Oh, okay, so because okay. I'm losing faith in him, yeah. But I'll, I'll give Exorcist Deceiver a shot. But yeah, well, this is this is my segue. It's pretty slick segue for doing right. so. Right. So he's going to be directing a couple of a couple of episodes of the new Hellraiser show, uh, and one of the writers for it is Michael Doherty, Ooh. who is in fact the writer and director of the movie we're talking about today. Yeah, I have I have some some faith in that now. Yes. Okay, because if he's going for like the anthology approach, then what better man to do it really? Yeah. So we're talking about uh, Trick or Treat yeah. today, 2007. Honest, honestly, a film that I don't really know if many people would know of. Like, yeah, it's not exactly super popular. It's a bit of a cult classic, bit of a sleeper yeah, hit. Yeah, yeah. Definitely a cult classic. And I know a lot of people love, like, Sam, that little pumpkin egg character from mm-hmm. it. But, like, before we uh, decided to do it for this pod, because we thought, you know, why not keep the Halloween celebrations going? <laughs> yeah. Um, I was like, oh, I... I know like Trick or Treat and that kid, but I couldn't remember if I'd seen it or not. And watching it uh, in the lead up for this episode, I remembered a bunch of it. So I must have seen it at some point in my travels and just really forgotten about it. But it's like better than I took it credit for, really. Yeah, it's definitely not like a bad movie per se. I was, no, it's, I, it's not winning any Oscars, yeah. but it's it's a fun watch. <laughs> well, I said to Alex after, after we watched it, she asked what I thought. I think it's the perfect movie for like a 16-year-old boy. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's like... 
a good intro to horror because it's not overly scary. It's still mm. got some horror, like horrible, campy stuff and cheesy shit. And oh, but yeah. it's still got the black comedy. It's yeah. got a like elements of sexy teenage girls in it, which all the teenage boys love. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, what I like about it is it is a horror comedy, but like a good story underpins the gore. It's not just like mostly. Yeah. It's it's not just like cheap laughs to get a reaction or like sudden gore for shock value. Like mm-hmm. there's actually some some interesting connections in like the interwoven stories. Oh in yeah. There. So for those who don't know, it's it's not it's a movie that is similar to Bodymount, like an anthology mm. of stories that take place over one night. Yeah. And it's also like presented in a non-linear timeline so that like the very first story you see is actually the last story to take place. Yeah, yeah. And I like, yeah, it all kind of comes full circle in the end and you can see like characters from their own stories in the background of yeah. the next one. Like it, walking it really down gives it a sense or... of like, oh, this is a pretty small town where everything's happening all at mm. once. Yeah, which is really nicely done. Um, and I also like that each of the characters and their own subplots are kind of like the average person's experience of Halloween at a different point in their life. I got that in my notes too. That's yeah, cool. yeah. Like you've got the kids that just like try to scare each other mm-hmm. with the um, the stories uh, of like, like you know, haunted houses and urban legends and stuff in the neighborhood. And then you've got like the 20-somethings where they're all just like dressing up as sexy nurses <laughs> to like get laid and things like that. Um, but then have like the cranky old guy yep, yep. that, uh, you know, doesn't care about the celebrations anymore. You know, kids the, like egg in his houses. The, the Scrooge of Halloween. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, which is, um, yeah, a really nice touch. Uh, and, and I like that they all kind of intertwine in a way because it's like Halloween, as we know it today, wouldn't be what it is without each of these contributors. Yeah, sure, for sure. Um, do you have any background on Halloween? Like some Halloween history for the listeners? Halloween? Uh, I made a few notes. My knowledge isn't too great on it. I know it's a bit of a misconception that it's based on how do you pronounce it? Is it Saul Wen? I was going to say Sam Hain. Yeah, I think it's it's spelled Sam Hain, but I think it's pronounced Saul Wen. Yeah, okay. Um, because it's Gaelic in origin, yeah. I believe, and it's like old paganistic stuff where it mm. marked marked the end of a certain season and the start of another. Yeah, it was so the end of the winter harvest, right? Yeah, end of the winter harvest. So they'd have like a two or three day long like feast festival with like feasts and oh, it was bonfires the, and stuff like that. Yeah, it was the celebration of like the final harvest before winter. Because yeah, they, would, they wouldn't that, be able to grow yeah, anything yeah, in, that's right. in winter. Uh, yeah. And then it's also said to be like, that's the time when the veil is the thinnest between our world and like mm. the supernatural world. So that's when all the stuff's going to be like crossing over. Yeah. That's why people are doing like sort of ritualistic stuff to mm. help them along. Because it's not necessarily religious. It's just like spiritual. If you want to like split hairs. Yeah. Well, I think then it, like I said, I don't know if that is the actual origin or if it's been sort of twisted and people say it is because mm. it's also tracked back to like the, the witch stuff and uh, yeah. and all sorts of different religions that have sort of co-opted it and mm. made it into what it is today, similar to, I guess, Christmas. Yeah, yeah, because they would like set fires on hilltops and wear masks to try and like frighten away evil spirits. Yeah. But like on this night, October 31st, um, like I said, that veil was at its thinnest and it would be like an opportunity for like souls of the dead to return home. Yeah. So they would like frighten away the bad ones to welcome the good ones back. Yep. Kind of thing, um, which is really interesting. And I think like uh, British immigrants took it to North America in the 19th century where it really became more of like a, like a secular holiday. Mm. Cause like even over here in Australia, like we don't really celebrate it. We just like a reason to dress up as monsters once a year. Yeah. I mean, also where the majority of us are Australians. And so it's just another reason to drink. Yeah. <laughs> party. Well, that's true. Yeah. Some of the like 
um, creative baked goods are pretty cool, like cupcakes yeah. with eyeballs on them and yeah. shit like that. But um, yeah, no, Halloween culture in Australia is very weird because. I feel like a lot of the older generation, like my father and all of his people in like their 30s, 40s, 50s, hate it. They're like, oh, no, that's American shit. We don't want yeah. that over here. No trick-or-treaters, no Halloween here. Yeah. But then the younger generation is of like the ones that are trying to embrace it and just like, mm. oh, yeah, we'll go out trick-or-treating. You know, it's fine. I, I always love that like offhanded comment, but it's like not even American. Yeah. Like, it's been Americanized <laughs> in a way to just like profit off it. Yeah. Essentially. Like it's been commercialized. But I also like that the act of trick-or-treating was referring to... Like, that they would pull a prank on you if you didn't gift them mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Um, That's called extortion, I think. <laughs> yeah, and it just, like, derives from, like, I think the poor begging for food. Like, they were allowed um, on this occasion, essentially, from okay. what I from what I understand. Um, and now it's like, give me my sugar fix or I'll toilet paper your house. Like, it's, it's uh, definitely lost some of that. Well, I mean, back in those days, what... Because now it's all candy and lollies, but what was what was the specific food back then? It's like, hey, give us. Well, it was the end of the harvest, so I presume it would have been vegetables. Just vegetables. Ooh. Because I know jack o' lanterns. You get a fucking pumpkin. Yeah, well, jack o' lanterns were not actually originally pumpkins; they were carving turnips, <laughs> which is good lord, fucking weird. Why'd they change to pumpkins? I mean, bigger, maybe? Probably bigger and easier, and they're like more grotesque looking. Yeah. So it's probably scarier to sit on your doorstep. Yeah, okay. Easier to put a candle in. Yeah, true. Um, I mean, I'll be honest, I don't think I've ever seen a turnip in real life. They just kind of look like beets. By Dre? <laughs> Beetroots, silver beets, I don't know. Have you ever been trick or treating? No, no, God, no. No? That's uh, a hard no. Well, like I said, my parents, well, my dad hates it. My mum didn't care too much. Yeah. Uh, I also grew up in D-Bay, so they didn't really want us roaming around the neighborhood at night. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I wasn't really interested in it because of that. Like, par- my family didn't care. Mm. I was too socially anxious and awkward to dress up or anything like didn't that. Didn't want to be rebellious and... Didn't have friends break that had parties, that. so I wouldn't go to any Halloween parties. Mm. So, it, it's not really been part of my life whatsoever. Yeah, I, I might have gone trick-or-treating, like, once or twice when I was a kid with, um, like, family. I don't think it was ever with friends. Uh, and in like regional Victoria, the neighbor, you know, like the neighbors would have been like few and far between and probably didn't celebrate it. So it didn't have any candy, mm. probably give me fruit. Um, <laughs> but I've been to like a couple of Halloween parties, but that's when you're older. It's just like, like you said earlier, a reason to drink and, yeah. and just hang out. Um, have you ever dressed up at least? No, no. no. I'm like, I, I'm not a, I'm not a dress up guy. Only Ned Flanders. For well, Alex's yeah, birthday. That wasn't even for Halloween. Was that was for someone's beautiful. birthday. That yeah. was perfect. Uh, um, I've dressed up, I think, as a bloodied doctor because scrubs are just the easiest costume to, oh, to yeah. buy and the cheapest. Scrubs you just squirt some like tomato on sauce on. Yeah. Um, and if you include it, I guess like Donnie Darko, like yeah. for Alex's thing, where I was in like the like that skeleton get up with the grey hoodie, mm-hmm. which is the mm-hmm. simplest. Like I could have gone Very as like Frank the Rabbit, but I was like, no, nah, I'll just put on like a skeleton suit and fight a grey hoodie, and that'll work. How about we talk about the movie? Yeah, you I know feel what like- my favorite my favorite costume in this was the centaur couple. Oh, the yeah. chick just like hunched over with her like head at the guy's ass. Yeah, that was great. That's a weird one. That was the best one. Yeah, Michael Doherty, um, who also did Krampus, which yep. I thought was interesting because that's kind of an anthology as well, right? In a way. Uh, I haven't actually seen it, but I think it's mm. on our list of movies to watch for Christmas this year. Yeah, but I don't. I didn't. I didn't think it was a, uh, an anthology. But yeah, hell, okay. maybe again, maybe it is. Um, and he also did Godzilla, King of the Monsters, and, sequel to that new one, and Godzilla vs Kong. Oh, did he? Interesting. I think so. What were they like? I think he, I, he, he he wrote those. Oh, uh, okay. He I was going to say, I, I saw like the 2014 Godzilla with like Brian Cranston, mm-hmm. but uh, that was it and I didn't particularly enjoy it. More of the same. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. Big monsters fighting each other. 
Well, he, he also did X Men Two and Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. So action seems to kind of mm. be more his uh, flavor. Well, he also did Urban Legends. I think it was three, like the Bloody Mary one. <laughs> God, which is the worst of those movies. I'm, oh, actually, sorry, no. I think the second one. No, sorry, the second one's right. The third one is the worst of those movies. Okay, I don't think I've seen any of them, but I know you're a fan of at least the first one. Yeah, the first one's fine. It's nice, nice, uh, like. High school, not even it's not even high school. Like, like when col- you're a kid, college, and you're like yeah, mythological like, things and yeah, yeah. Um, starring Brian Cox, uh, who's got a bit of horror background. He was also in The Ring, um, the American remake, and Zodiac. Oh yeah, uh, he's cool. Um, Dylan Baker and Anna Packen. Is that how you say it? I, I would assume so. Packen Heat. <laughs> budget of twelve million dollars. So pretty substantial. Pretty pretty big budget. Yeah, and uh, I couldn't find a box office amount anywhere because I think it went straight to DVD or video. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, don't know I think it was. Now I might be talking about my ass here, but I think it premiered at Buttonamathon in Austin, Texas. Oh, okay. But then it didn't actually get a proper release until I want to say like a year or two later. Mm, yeah, I think it had it like had... anniversary screenings or like Halloween screenings. Yeah, so it didn't actually have like a theatrical run until way later. Yeah, yeah. So there wouldn't be a box office for it. I mean, they've potentially made their money back in merch because that little Sam figure is oh, yeah, everywhere. Oh, yeah, you see him everywhere. Yeah. Um, do you have any kind of background on the production of this film? I've, only, I've got like a couple interesting tidbits I can I share. I didn't look into the background of it too much other than it was a pretty tightly scheduled and shot mm. movie. Some things I found quite fascinating were most of those jack-o'-lanterns were foam or ceramic. Okay. Um, well, you don't really want to be using pumpkins on a movie set, right? Well, yeah, you don't want them to rot or catch fire, yeah. I guess, burn sets down. But um, some of those carvings looked fantastic. Like, oh, it was yeah. Some really creative designs, which was sick. Um, and they created their own candy wrappers for the like poison chocolate to avoid defamation cases, oh, yeah, I guess. True, yeah. Um, one of them they called Big Fudge Log. Big Fudge Log. It was pretty funny. Very nice. Um, the the fake blood that they used for the the dead woman at the start who gets like dismembered and yep. decorated on the lawn, um, they boiled that blood before shooting. So when you remove the sheet, it steams. Oh, that's kind of cool. I thought that was creative. Yeah. I don't know if I've noticed that in a horror before. Steaming blood. Yeah, and Sam, that little pumpkinhead fella mm-hmm. that we've we've mentioned, uh, was apparently short for Sam Hain, but I actually wondered if it was maybe also a nod to. The fictional rock idol Sammy Kerr, who was like the um, the evil character in the 1986 film Trick or Treat. Okay, because uh, we were saying just before we recorded that they call this trick apostrophe R treat because that was taken. Yeah, um, maybe. I just, maybe that's just a funny coincidence. What in terms of references and homages to other horror movies, I saw a plenty in this movie. Oh, yeah. Like, like Halloween so was all over it, obviously. Halloween was all over it. There was a Thing reference. Oh, sorry. Yeah, the, the thing, thing reference. Yeah. There was, a, there was Christine in Yeah, it. just John Carpenter yeah. in general. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, Christine, so. Halloween, The Thing, and I think I read that Michael Doherty wanted, like, the old guy, Mr. Krieg, to look like John Carpenter. Oh, yeah. He, so he just must be hello-influenced by the man. Yeah. Props to him. Yeah. And uh, I also like that there's... A twist in each segment. Yeah, and they're, it, they're pretty decent twists it, too. It, every one of them plays very heavily on like the hey, here's something where you think you know what's going on. Yeah, and then let's pull the rug out, and it's a complete reversal, mm. and that's kind of gives the whole movie a charm. They're it, almost like double bluffs. Yeah, which is much. is interesting. The best one, or my favorite one, is the fucking severed head, and the kids like oh. <laughs> saying that he wants to like carve the eyes, and then it turns out, yeah, it's that. 
mm-hmm. kid's mm-hmm. head and it's like a bonding activity between father and son. Yep, yep. Yeah, that was sick. And then Sam, who is this little creature, is he like this kind of Halloween demon avenging those kids that died in that bus massacre? But then he also kind of like seeks out people that like break Halloween tradition, right? Well, yeah, I don't think he has any sort of relation to the kids who died. I think mm. he's just meant to be this embodiment of Halloween that goes around and fucks up anyone who disrespects it. Yeah, like blowing out the candle, I guess, before yeah. November. Taking down the decorations, smashing Taking down pumpkins. Decorations. Yeah. Um, on the band. Because I think he's meant to be like that kid from the start that's like, um, peeping through the change room doors. Well, he's not meant to be like no? that's, It's the same actor, but okay. that's not. It's not saying like that is Sam because that little kid like also had a lollipop, and I wondered if they were. Well, trying it's to, Halloween, like... Dylan. Everyone has lollipops. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just wondered if they were trying to. Because also, that's there. a that's a real human boy. Sam has a pumpkin for a head. Yeah, not to be confused with uh, the Stan Winston pumpkin head, <laughs> uh, which I've still not seen, but it looks so sick. We we got to do that one of these days on this pod. Um. I really like the kind of urban legends in it, though. Like, um, obviously, the kids telling that story of the the bus massacre is kind of like a, a at the centerpiece, I guess, of this film and these interwoven stories. Did you ever have like a something like that when you were growing up? Like in your neighborhood, was there like a haunted house or something that happened that kids always talked about? No, I feel like that. I feel like that's a more of a American thing. American thing. I don't really know many superstitious like children around me mm. growing up. Yeah. I didn't have anything like that, like where there was this, you know, crazy person that killed someone down the street or anything like that. But growing up in like rural Victoria, we had a rumor of the Gippsland Panther. And okay. have you ever heard of that? Or no, was it I'm just not a, from Victoria. It was something localized. Um, essentially, it was like the story went that there was like, um, I don't know if it was like a, a circus that was over here in like the 19th, oh, sorry, the 20th century, um, or whether it was like a panther brought over to Australia to, like, hunt pests or something. Um, and rumours where we, like, broke out and it was just, like, roaming the hillsides of, of Gippsland in Victoria. Right. okay. Um, yeah, and I would, like, meet people growing up who reckon they saw it and <laughs> they even, like, had a book on it, like, in our school library, stuff like that. I mean, I wonder what it actually is. Because, like, obviously... It's probably, probably a feral cat. Yeah, it's probably based on something, so it's probably... Because they get huge. But that's so weird, like, panther. Like, yeah. my favourite version of... Well, not even version of that is, like, I think I told you a while ago... There's people who think the chupacabra mm. is a thylacine or a Tasmanian tiger yeah, that yeah. was taken over there as like part of a circus and escaped. Yeah. And so they think there's, you know, maybe one or a couple of fucking Tasmanian tigers over there running around in America. I mean, it's possible. Like thylacines were another common sighting when I was growing up. Like probably more so in, I guess, like the 90s. But um, yeah, I'd like... Do you say a common sighting when you were growing up? They were all dead by then. Yeah, but like people still like people in rural Victoria still reckon they saw one every now and then. Like everyone oh, knew okay. someone so, who knew someone. So there was a lot who, of it's all hearsay. Like alleged sightings. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, it's not just like oh look, there's a fucking Tasmanian tiger walking down the road. <laughs> um, another nod to Halloween. I thought it was sick that opening um, from like Sam's POV, like heavy breathing mm-hmm. through the mm-hmm. mask. That was really cool. Also set in like a very suburban neighborhood. Yeah. Like yeah. Would be. Um, and getting your throat slit with a jagged lollipop, that's creative. I don't think I'd seen that done before. Not only slit, but I assume that's what he used to cut her head off as well. Yeah, probably. Like decapitation by lollipop. Yeah, wild. And in the end, it's like bloody rammed in her in mouth. And mm-hmm. when you've got like the severed head put on this like scarecrow looking thing. You know, Halloween 
is the best time to kill someone and get away with it. Yeah. You in, my, just, in my experience, I agree. You can dispose of the body on the front lawn like Black Dahlia murder and people would just be like, oh, that's sick. Yeah, it works for a night, but then it's like, hey guys, Halloween's over. Your decorations, <laughs> decorations are starting to smell. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fair. Um, you don't really see many like good decorations around here. Like people go nuts for Christmas in our neighborhood, like mm-hmm. chuck lights up everywhere and have like animatronic Santas and projection displays and shit. But when it's Halloween, someone will hang like a shitty discount store skeleton by their yeah. doorstep and that's kind of it. Because yeah, it's a cultural thing, nobody cares. Around. Bring it back. Um, let's let's make the bring change. It, bring it back. Yeah. He was never here. Yeah, that's true. I think one of the better segments, like I mentioned before, is probably that serial killer school principal. Uh, yeah, my favorite part is he's played by... What, what is Dylan he? Baker. Dylan Baker. Yeah. Fucking Kurt Connors from Spider-Man. I was going to say, I can't remember <laughs> what I've seen him in, but he's like, he's like a secondary character in a lot of things. Yeah, that's the main one I know him from. Mm. And uh, he just... He plays a very good, like, sort of unsuspectingly creepy man. Yeah. Like, he always... seems normal enough, but then he's got a level of creepiness to him. Yeah, yeah. He can be, like, suddenly cold. Yeah, he definitely, like, does, like, a tonal shift yeah. throughout the movie a bunch of times. Like, he'll go from being, like, I don't know, almost not caring, but, like, uh, when he's sitting on the porch with that yeah. uh, guy, kid he kills. Yeah. Like, he's being kind of, not caring, but he's being, like, a very authoritative figure mm. in a good way, like Mr. Principal would mm. be. And then he immediately goes to, like, serial killer mode. Yeah. But then later he turns into, like, comedy mode. Yeah. Like, with the script he was given, like, it was genuinely, like, well acted. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I love the, like, f- feeds the kid fucking cyanide-tinged candy bars. I think it was arsenic. Oh, arsenic. And then, um, like, although, dra- although dragging him inside. Fun like- fact, cyanide would be more effective. No, it is arsenic. Which one smells like almonds? Is that arsenic? It smells like almonds. Yeah, it's... Arsenic smells like almonds. Oh, interesting. So if you ever... He'd you knock know. someone off. That's the way to do it. <laughs> almond croissants. Or the filled almond croissants. Yeah. You know what my favorite part of that whole bit is? When he's like digging the grave in the backyard and the neighbor's dog is like barking at him. So he like cuts a finger off with a shovel, like flicks <laughs> it over it. the fence. <laughs> Which, uh, like that's not a smart idea. That's just putting evidence yeah. around. Yeah. Um, and but there's like other it, bodies already in there Yeah, just more trick-or-treaters I don't know how many, how many kids he's killed that night Yeah, because you can't have been the kid Because by that point the kid's head is already like downstairs That his own son is like getting ready to carve Yeah, I think it I don't know, I think it might be one of the other kids That knocked on the old guy's door Yeah, I presume it's just any trick-or-treaters he got that night He was bagging Yeah And by um, that I mean killing <laughs> I don't, don't know if that's a, an ambiguous uh, term Um yeah, and I guess speaking of the double bluffs, um, another really good one is the the whole vampire werewolf one, mm-hmm. like with the, the girls, because I my memory didn't serve me well. So watching this, I was like, oh, okay, so they're going to the woods, there's bonfires, they're like looking for sex and stuff, like maybe they're luring people in and they're like a coven of witches. Mm-hmm. But then it occurred to me, it's like, oh, wait, no, she's dressing up as Little Red Riding Hood. That's obviously for a reason. Oh, yeah, like, I mean... In wh- the story. Knowing the, like, the twist... That happens later that they find out they're werewolves. Mm. Rewatching it, it's like there are so many hints that they're fucking werewolves. Yeah. Like even their dialogue when they're in the changing room, like when she knocks on the changing room door, it's like, oh, we'll huff and we'll puff. Yeah, like yeah. That's big right. bad wolf. Yeah, they kind of spoon feed it to you, but it's still a surprise. Yeah, like all stuff that makes complete sense in the moment mm. for like offhanded comments. But yeah. then you look back and it's like, oh, yeah, werewolves. Yeah. Cool. And I, I was like disappointed in myself that I didn't get it <laughs> until the reveal because. I was like, 
oh, okay, so there's this guy like going around, he like bites this woman when he's making out with her in the alley. Like maybe when you see him fall from the tree and they take the fake teeth out, like maybe it turns out these girls are like actual vampires yeah. and he was pretending and they're not witches. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, they're fucking werewolves. <laughs> yeah. Like it was, yeah, I, it was cool. My memory also failed me because I've only seen it once many years ago and I couldn't exactly remember who was what. So I'm like, okay, yeah. I know someone is either a werewolf or a vampire or something mm. like that. And then when he turned out like in the alleyway, I'm like, oh, I guess he was the vampire. But I'm like, oh, wait, no, the twist I think is that like he's not someone else's a vampire. Yeah. And yeah, I was like, oh, wait, no, yeah, werewolves. Werewolves, yeah. Turns out it's somehow forgettable, even though that's, mm. it's hard to compete with American Werewolf in London. But it's, yeah. pr- it's probably my favorite like werewolf transformation scene yeah. in the movie. Like, Some decent effects, like practical ripping effects. Ripping their flesh off. Like yeah. a fucking old used sock. Like the degloving limbs that kind of look like dishwashing gloves when yeah. they hit the ground. All set to Marilyn Manson for some reason. I mean, I guess because it's, it's cool creepy. It's, it's edgy, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, it was a really cool scene. Um, I guess the like the transformation was sick. The actual werewolf looked like kind of bad. When oh, it was, yeah. It like, clunkily shifting its head from well, side to side. I think the effects for the werewolves were done by the same studio that did underworld movies uh, so okay. that's why they sort of look similar werewolf bodies yeah yeah okay you know what was really sick transformation scenes were um in van helsing like i know it was all cgi but it just looked cool like the bristles coming through and the skin just like falling away oh yeah yeah, yeah but like, uh, but yeah away. nothing beats fucking american, um, american werewolf in london yeah. yeah you know what was cool is um the bus massacre scene and it's like a flashback as she tells the story so it's all got this like orange tinge yep um i thought that was cool how when they uh, eventually end up in Mr. Krieg's house and Sam's attacking him and then um, the undead kids rock up on his doorstep to avenge their deaths, that whole um, scene is also like in this shadowy orange light from the fireplace. Oh, yeah. Kind of like the color grading they used in that flashback sequence. I mean, obviously, it's in that moment they reveal that he was the driver. I thought that was kind of nice. Yeah, I mean, more more just foreshadowing of here's an aspect of the story that eventually is revealed, but hey, here's hints at it beforehand. Because mm, mm. I think that he's like throwing some old photos in the fire, isn't he? Yeah, I think it was like him with the kids. Yeah, maybe. Um, gave also, me like what a, nine what, a, what an awful scenario. Yeah, what a tragedy. <laughs> tragedy, Tragic story. Yeah. Well, was it like parents pa- paid the driver to yeah. chain their disabled kids to the seats and drive the bus of a rock quarry? Yeah. Fuck me. Bad people. Yeah. This is like Nightmare on Arm Street if the parents were like working with Freddy. <laughs> um, that is good. Yeah. That's a that's a good analogy. It is pretty good though. Like the, the prank that they pull on her and the kid, like the pirate kid. Oh no, he's in on it, isn't he? Because he's like disemboweled. Yeah, yeah, he's in on it. Yeah. Um, at first I didn't think that was the prank because it looked like so good. Yeah. Like mean, how did the kids fucking do that? Oh, I don't know, man. They're little horror makeup artists. Yeah, they they have a bright future. Well, they don't. They're dead. But yeah. if they live, they would have a bright future ahead of them. Yeah, because I thought that scene was better than when the kids actually come out of the water and attack them. Because yeah. like that was kind of just like, oh, these slow lumbering beasts emerging from the water. Like when the kids were like playing the trick on Rondo and she comes down the elevator and there's like gizzards strewn everywhere mm-hmm. and like masks and blood in the water. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, no, it's good. <laughs> I love how they're like, hey, how... How to get the bus there? And it's like, I, I don't know. Must yeah. just always be there. Yeah. Um, that actually, that shot as well, when Rhonda comes up the elevator on her own with like the, the lit Jack Landon and the fog, like that's a beautiful shot yeah. as well. Um, and I also kind of like that because she 
um, didn't do anything to break the like Halloween tradition. She sees Sam when she gets to the top, yeah. and they just like pass each other. Yeah, like well, I I couldn't remember if like the first time I watched it, if she was in on it, because mm. got like yeah, the second time I watched it, I thought, oh, I know something happens here. I know it's a fake prank. I know it turns real. Yeah. But then in my mind, I thought, oh no, it turns out she knew they were pranking her and like she was sort of in on it mm. and helping Sam. But okay. I don't think that's the case. I think she just got lucky and then left. Yeah. I think because she was already kind of the outcast and like perceived as a bit of a weirdo, um, she was kind of like better prepared for like something strange to happen. Yeah. Well, because she's also, I think, portrayed as like autistic, right? Because I think oh. at, at the start, they call her an idiot savant, which is usually like the, oh, okay. the trope for autistic people, like in Rain Man. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. But I think she just goes about her day or her night luckily yeah do you see her again after I that, I don't that believe, point i don't believe so she just kind of go home because mm. when they rock up to her place and like the front lawn is just decorated with all these interesting carvings that was some really good set design i mean it might be dumb but that's not mr creek's house is it uh no like, i think like, that was her house wasn't like it? that okay i because he doesn't like Halloween. yeah because my memory failed me because i knew it was out of order and I know, like, when they pick her up, there's those pumpkins everywhere. Mm. But then later, Mr. Krieg walks out his front door and there's pumpkins everywhere. So, I, in my mind, I was like, well, does that mean they picked her up from Mrs. Krieg's house and he and she was already there for some reason? But no, I mean, it doesn't really make sense. Mm, yeah, I, I can't remember if there's Jack Lands in his yard. Maybe. It, I guess it's just to show her, like, devotion to... Halloween. Yeah, I think so. And that's, again, why Sam didn't do anything to her. Yeah. Because he's like, hey, this bitch gets it. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of Sam, I very much enjoyed when uh, he first appears in Mr. Krieg's house and he cuts his Achilles heel from under the bed, like Pet Gage in Pet yeah. Cemetery. I was like, oh, that's that's a nice touch. It's good. Um, yeah, so many nods to like Halloween and the thing, and I just thought it was sick that they threw like a Pet Cemetery thing in there. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Like, surely that's... Like, surely they didn't write that in the script and film it and not cross their mind. Oh, was, no. Like, there's... It's there's totally another, an like, homage. Because you also get the hand running... Like, the the hand gets severed and then acts on its own. Yeah. Like, Evil Dead 2, perhaps. Yeah, true. Like, he says the you got to be fucking getting me lying from the thing. Well, I thought it was almost a funny, like, um, double entendre how uh, he says you've got to be fucking getting me, like the thing, but also the severed hand... In the Adam family is called Thing. Oh yeah, true. No, I, didn't, was, like, I didn't even make that fucking connection. Yeah, it was like working on a few I'm different a levels. Dumb, dumb. It was really cool. But even that hand looked cool. Like just the strings yeah. of pumpkin and like the seeds dropping on the ground after it. Yeah, I think the first another reason, oh, another example of being being dumb. Mm. But like, I think the first reference I saw, I didn't recognize that reference. Yeah, it was when. I think it was during the vampire one and it's when the chick's like running down the alleyway after she's been quote unquote bitten mm. and she's like, it's clearly a scene from um, I Know What You Did Last Summer where she's running down an alleyway being chased by a killer okay. but then she gets grabbed at the last second even though there's like a parade going. Oh, going gotcha, by. gotcha. So at, when I was watching, I was like, oh, I mean, this just looks like the same scene from I Know What You Did Last Summer. It's yeah, okay. original, And then it occurred to me <laughs> when I saw the next one, I'm like, oh no, it's... They're just paint. That's a reference. Yeah, Fine. yeah. I haven't seen. I know what you did last summer for a very long time, and I remember almost nothing from it. Just the premise. But did I, you, do you remember the best scene where it's just Jennifer Love Hewitt spinning around in circles, saying, "What are you waiting for?" Uh no. I know. That's just my favorite scene okay. in the movie. It's so weird <laughs> and out of place. But I do kind of love that they do that in like the Scream and Halloween franchise, where there will be like some kind of horror celebration. So. 
someone can be like being attacked in public view and like no one bats an eyelid. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is just part of it. Yeah. yeah. Like when all the kids in the street just like bump into Michael. Yeah. And they're like, oh, sorry, sir. Um, another homage to horror. I don't know if it, you know, was intended or it's just a connection I found was um, Blade in a chocolate bar like fucking Candyman. Like, you know, they find the, the lair. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Well, and the, the rumor is they, I think, call him Candyman because they say he was like giving chocolates to kids with blades in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a scene like on the stairs when there's like broken glass and razor blades mixed with like candy mm-hmm. that he like falls down. That was pretty cool. Um, also, like, why does Sam spare Mr. Krieg? Is it because he knows like those undead kids from the bus crash are coming for him? No, I believe it's because. Because um, he doesn't seem to un- repent Unintentionally or accidentally It appears as though Mr. Krieg is offering him chocolate Like there's that there's cause When he steals the kid's chocolate When the fucking dog chases him away right. He sits down in his chair, takes a bite And then puts it down And then I think later it's on his chest Or like Sam goes to stab him oh, and hits the chocolate bar Yeah and he hits the chocolate bar with the lollipop Yeah and so I think like Sam for some reason took that as him offering him chocolate, which is what you're meant to do for trick-or-treaters. Oh, and okay. so Sam's like, he's oh. learned. He's, he's doing Halloween stuff. Cool, I'll let him live. I can see that. Yeah. And then... That works. And it do, like, then Miss Krieg does change his stripes. He then, like at the end of the movie, gives candy to trick-or-treaters and you think he's going to live. Another thing that was really uh, interesting about this movie is every death is off camera, but you still see the corpses. Yeah, it, that surprised me. Like, I don't know Why? I, I don't know, it might just be another, like, they knew their target audience was going to be sort of teenagers, maybe. Mm. Like, edgy teens who want to watch something scary, but let's not traumatise them by actually showing them a murder. Yeah. Well, I guess, as well, each time you see, like, one of the bodies, it's in it's, it's been, like, planted in some horrific way. So, I guess that is probably scarier than, like... Seeing someone get their throat slashed or something like that. Well, you only you only see like one body planted at the beginning, right? Well, there's like the blonde chick from the start. Oh no, there's the, the fat kid. The, yeah, decapitated kid. Yeah. Um, do you see the vampire die? Uh, the werewolf's on top of him, or it just kind of screams. I, well, I think it cuts away. And Mr. Krieg lives. No, he doesn't. He, live. he, he dies eventually. He dies, at but the end. it's off screen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You mm. know what's cool about those? Um, credits though Even the opening credits is They look like comic Yeah Comic strips It, it, it had me wondering If this was like Based off a, off a graphic novel Or something But mm. it, it wasn't it, it, was probably, p- it probably could work In like comic form Oh in fact I think they After the film They did create Like a graphic novel Of Trick or Treat Because okay. of the way That it's written It yeah. reads like a comic I mean it, it's Kind of Yeah it's really good For a comic Like mm. anthology series Yeah um, I'd read that Yeah Yeah and you know what was also really sick? I, I forgot to mention when we were discussing that scene is in Mr. Krieg's house, I think when he first notices Sam is in there, which is when you get like the pet symmetry-esque scene under the mm-hmm. bed, um, is like the writing all over the walls. And it, are they like rules of Halloween or something? Or it's just like a trick-or-treat nursery rhyme? Uh, yeah, it's that nursery rhyme. like trick-or-treat, something-something, give me something good to eat. Yeah. Like the chant that people sing on trick-or-treat. I don't know. Yeah, okay. And it, that's just nice. It's like the whole room's got like that written in blood on the walls. Like just really good set design. Mm-hmm. It was, um, it's a fun movie with like, again, it's one of those ones you go into like not reading into it. Mm. Um, it's just kind of like a fun slasher. But yeah, it's different enough that it works in the way all those stories tie in. The characters like um, pop up multiple times throughout the story. But it's not 
and and it's not a lineal timeline because obviously the first death is that chick uh, that gets killed by Sam in her yep. own yard, but then they're across the street at the end. Yep. So really, was Mister Krieg the first victim, even though he's the last victim shown? Uh, <clears throat> let me think about it really quick. Because you also... Like, are we essentially watching this in reverse? Well, no, because you also see in that scene, I think the girls, the werewolf girls, driving away. So, assumedly, that's after they've had their werewolf orgy party. Yeah. And so, I assume, like, maybe that's the first thing that takes place. Oh, no, because then that's after the Mr. Wilkinson kills the kid. So, I... I and they're in costume the kid. because if they've just transformed, surely that'll like rip their clothes. Oh no! Yeah, you're right. Okay, so I think the whole film is done in reverse. Hmm. 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 So you think Mr. Krieg was the first to die? Well, no, because the zombie kids are the ones who kill him. So the zombie thing happens first. No, because the werewolves are like celebrating. They're laughing and saying like saying how fun it was. So that's surely the last one. Okay. Okay. I don't know. We're going. Too, know. We're going this too is... deep on trying to figure out what's when. Yeah, it's irrelevant. It's all fun and games. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's kind of the point. Like you don't really figure out what happens first. Yeah. It gave me a moral quandary though, or moral dilemma. Like, yeah, because I think right, this is a good movie for like a teenager, whatever. Mm. I feel like it'd be maybe a good sort of intro to horror. Yeah, but what age is okay to show your child this? Well, I mean, apparently fifteen plus, according to the rating yeah. on the on the thing. But I. I'd show a kid younger than 15 this, maybe. Yeah, I mean, well, when we were kids, it was the films that horrified us that we were too young to watch that we grew to love. Yeah, but that's 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 where the moral quandary comes in, right? Because I love horror movies now and I can handle anything, mm. but I still have the memories of being a, a small kid and being absolutely traumatised and terrified. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't want to put my child through that. Well, I think that's... this. Is but, it's, sound... it's, but it's like, you have to put them through it. You have to traumatise them so that yeah. they learn. Yeah, this is going to be a hot take, but I think... I was talking to Pace about this um, the other night, is it's almost like we're addicts and that original <laughs> scare is our like crack and we're constantly chasing that high because we remember like the simulation of like fearing for your life when you're younger was so real and so, such like a rush to experience that fear that we're constantly watching these scary movies as we grow up to like find something as scary as that first time. But it never will be because when you're a kid, yeah. you're more impressionable. Yeah, maybe. Like Anaconda scared us. Oh, you know what I mean? It didn't scare me. I didn't really watch that until I was a bit older. Okay, arachnophobia then. Okay, well, there you go. That's spiders. <laughs> uh, I don't... I, I like that take. That's a good one. I don't agree with it because okay. I don't watch horror movies to get scared anymore because nothing does. I'm not chasing that scare. Mm. I just like the cool imagery and the the macabreness of it. Well, that's kind of how I gauge what makes a good horror movie now that I'm older because like, now that I know about like film techniques and we can read into that stuff, <laughs> like we can use that to sort of see what makes a film well-made mm-hmm. now that we're older. But if, if I'm like you know, mid to late 20s and can still be like weirded out, or, like creeped out by a film. That's like, I just find that really, really cool. Yeah, no, that that's fair. Uh, so what do you reckon? Do we land on like six years old? What's, what's the go? <laughs> Jesus. I think, I, I'm trying to remember what the first scary movie I ever saw was and I have a feeling it might have been Scream because I had this like vivid image when I was younger of like seeing the, the menu 
the screen menu. And <laughs> whenever I've said that to my mom, she's like, there's no way you can remember that. You would have been like two or three. And I was like, I distinctly remember this image in the first house I ever lived in. Fair but even enough. like going back to our very first episode on this pod, I think Jaws was probably yeah. the first one I properly remember. Yeah, I don't know when memories start because Alex is like godson, right? We He's turning two next month. Mm. But like we've babysit him or if we've like gone over to visit them and like in the lounge room, we've watched horror movies <laughs> while with, with the kid there. Yeah, true. That's kind of your and tradition so it's like, over is there, Is the kid it? one day going to remember? Like, hey, I have this weird memory of, I can't remember what, what movie we watched us you know yeah we have, yeah we watched the screen movies while we were there i have this weird memory of you know this i was like we well, can't remember that you were two years old he's just gonna grow up to love our podcast oh <laughs> that'd be that'd, sick that'd be nice he'll take over for us no, one of his that. friends i don't know about that yeah anyway that's uh that is uh i think everything i have to yeah. say about trick-or-treat yeah. brings brings our uh halloween festivities to a close yeah i mean i don't know when this one airs it's probably after halloween right yeah, well, I think um, we did Halloween last week because it'll drop uh, the Friday before Halloween. And we did, okay. we did this because it'll drop the Friday sort of of Halloween week. Oh, that's right, because Halloween's on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I like that then. That's good. I can't even watch a scary movie that night because I've got work training till nine. That's unfortunate. you got to watch something for me. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I will not. Watch that Halloween town again. Another what? episode of Goosebumps. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, yeah, well, I guess that's everything we have to say about Halloween trick-or-treating and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Any shot from here that you'd you'd frame? No, not from this movie. Nothing. Okay. It's it's just a fun movie. It's not it's not a beautiful movie. It's not yeah. a meaningful movie. I don't yeah. want I don't want to waste my wall space with this <laughs> stuff. You know. Yeah, it's fair. Uh, but yeah. So you can listen to a new episode of this podcast every 5 p.m. on Fridays on any streaming service you want. We also have a YouTube channel now with the highlight reel of our 25th episode. Mm. Um, that's Deadhouse Pod mm-hmm. on YouTube, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have social medias, Deadhouse and Deadhouse Pod. We also have an email. So if you want to send us any ideas of movies to watch, mm. deadhousepod at hotmail.com. Yes, send us... Uh Whatever you got up to for Halloween. What movie did you watch? What did you dress up as? And if you send us any movie ideas, we might move those a bit closer to the top of our list to watch. Mm -hmm. We'll be right back.